Jeremiah. The book of Jeremiah chapter number 10. Jeremiah chapter number 10. And we're going to read one verse here. Verse number 19. Jeremiah 10 and verse number 19. I know that we've made mention already of those that are visiting. But again, let me say how thankful we are for those of you that could be here today. I know some of you with your families, and I know during this holiday weekend, there's going to be some family get-togethers and, and uh, fellowship and, and uh, food and all kinds of good things going on, and I'm glad that you could make being here with your loved ones a part of that. Amen. Jeremiah chapter 10, and we're going to read verse number 19. And as is customary here at Victory Temple, we stand for the reading of God's Word. And if you would, stand with us this morning as we look here at the Word of the Lord. Amen. Jeremiah 10, verse number 19. If you're there with me, won't you say amen this morning? Praise the Lord. I want you to listen closely. I want you to listen closely to Jeremiah's words here. He said, Woe is me for my hurt. Woe is me for my hurt. My wound is grievous. Truly, this is a grief, and I must bear it. Woe is me for my hurt. My wound is grievous. Truly, this is a grief, and I must bear it. Anybody here in this house ever have a wound? Ever have grief? Ever have something that hurts? Some would say, oh, Brother Jake, you don't understand. At my house, they call me Rice Krispie when I get out of the bed. I snap, crackle, and pop. When I was a younger man, it'd take something serious for me to have a hurt back, a sore shoulder, or a bruised knee. Today, Brother Chad, it's just if I turn to grab the milk wrong, it can get me. But this morning, can I say that far beyond physical pain that represented in this house, there's wounds, there's hurt, there's grief. And you'd say, preacher, here I am. I'm doing my best to bear it. I'll be honest with you. I wrestled all weekend. I wrestled all weekend. I thought... Faith, Family, Freedom Day, we preach something along the lines of that would be fitting with that kind of a day, but the Lord would not let me loose from this thought that it began to turn over in my heart. And I can assure you there's times as a preacher that I don't always understand why in a particular moment, why God would have us to preach something, but here's what I do know. Here's what I do know is that God knows more than I do. Here's what I do know that long before I got here and long before you got here, God knew you were going to be here this morning. And He knew exactly what you needed. 
And so I'm going to do my very best, my very best to preach this the way God would have us to do so today. I want to preach for a few moments of your time this morning on the subject, even when it hurts. Even when it hurts. Amen. Won't you look at a neighbor and tell them, say, I'm going to be honest, I got some wounds. Go ahead, tell them. You might as well right now. You might as well right now. Just take off the mask. Let your hair down. Amen. Say, well, but Jake, you just made me look at a visitor and tell them that. It's okay. You probably just helped a visitor out this morning. You probably helped somebody know it's okay. Amen. It's okay this morning. Can we just let the Word of God pour into us today like oil? Can we just let the Spirit of God touch our hearts today? Amen. You ain't got to worry about lunch. We're feeding you. So don't get nervous about time. Don't get nervous about the people around you. You're kin to most of them. Amen. So we might as well just let God do what He wants to do. Just let Him do what He wants to do. And if you will allow that, I, I can tell you it will sure put this preacher at ease a little bit better. And I know that he'll, the Lord will help us. He'll be our helper. Can we pray one more time? Father, I thank you this morning for your goodness. And I thank you for every heart and life represented here. And Lord, today, long before I knew, you knew. Long before those that gathered in this house today, Lord, we are here and you knew in your divine providence, you're all-knowing, you are omniscient. And in your all-knowing, you knew exactly who would be here. And so today, Holy Ghost, we want you to have your liberty. We want the Word of God to settle deep in every crevice and crook of our hearts and minds today. I pray, help us to receive. Let our ears hear and our hearts apply and I pray today that someone could leave this house with real freedom, with real liberty that only comes by way of you. Father, anoint my mind and lips to preach. Hide me behind the cross of Calvary. And we look to you. We lean upon you. And I'll thank you in advance for what you'll do in this place. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You can be seated this morning. Even when... It hurts. Jeremiah was known as and has been coined as the weeping prophet. Writing the book of Jeremiah, naturally, it, his name is tied to it, but also the book of Lamentations. To weep, to cry, to lament. As Jeremiah wrote what God had spoke to him, we find that Jeremiah was known as going about as the weeping prophet because of a broken and a contrite heart that he would deliver to the people of Israel what God's judgment would be. In a time where there was much rebellion, hard-heartedness, stiff-necked, a turning away from God, God was doing what He could in order to uh, turn the hearts of His people to Him once again. 
And we find that in the course of Jeremiah's writings that as he would weep and lament, he never did so with arrogance. He never did so with a conceited spirit. He never got on a spiritual soapbox and pointed his finger with such self-righteous arrogance to say, you all are wicked and desolate and I'm the only one righteous around here. He didn't do that. Oh, but through tears and a broken heart, he would pronounce and he would share what God was saying to his people. But we come to find that in the course of God's judgment, in the course of tears and weeping, in the charge to repentance and renewal, we come to find that it was always coupled with the grace of God. It was always teamed and joined and linked together with God said, this is what will be suffered. However, this is what I'm going to do for you in the suffering. Even though there were going to be times of pain, there will be times of captivity there would be times of not understanding exactly all that was going to transpire we find that this man of God through the inspiration of the Holy Ghost and as God would speak that God would also remind of his mercy and how he would restore and how he would renew and how he would bring about healing Jeremiah here in this verse he makes a statement a sentiment that I truly believe that every one of us in this house can identify with. Have you ever had times? I know you have. It's just a rhetorical question. Have you had times, moments, and seasons to where you looked around at your life whether it be very personal and it is yourself or it be immediately amongst your family. Maybe it's situations involving your children. Maybe it's involving your grandchildren. Maybe it is a situation of life and death, physically speaking. And you're watching someone you love that is suffering, maybe in their body. Maybe today you can identify with the wounds and the grief that comes with seeing the torment that happens emotionally in mind and in spirit where there is no rest where it seems there's constant turmoil and torment maybe today you have yourself not been too far removed from the days where addiction had grabbed a hold of your life maybe there are wounds and pains from those moments in time maybe there are reoccurring thoughts Maybe there is times of embarrassment. Maybe today there are situations that are repercussions of such activities. And you would say, there is a lot of hurt, preacher, in my life. He said, not only do I have hurt, he said, but I have a wound. And he said, this wound is grievous. He said, this is my situation. This is exactly what is going on and can I say I know today with 100% accuracy that in this house they may not all look alike they may not all sound alike they may have different
differing, varying degrees of what's going on in your family, my family, your situation, my situation, your neighbor's situation. You can be sitting on the same pew together and be far removed in degrees on the inside of emotion and spirit of hurting. As a matter of fact, there are some beyond what physical ailments there might be. There were some that this morning as you got yourself out of bed, as you went to the closet to find something to put on and come to church while you were getting yourself ready, you know very well you almost talked yourself out of not even coming today. You know very well that if you could put your finger on it, all you could say was, I just ain't feeling it this morning. I just, I'll just be honest with you, preacher. Maybe you're here because you made an obligation to someone. Maybe you're here because you know you're going to get a burger and a hot dog. That's all right. If we got to throw something on the grill to get a few folks to come on, we'll come on. Amen. Hallelujah. Maybe this morning you'd say, as you were getting yourself ready, you said, I wish I wouldn't have even told them I was going to go there. Oh, because I don't feel it. And the situation is, it's because deep down on the inside, there's wounds and there's grief and there's torments. But I'm glad. Can I first just say, this this morning because I want to let you know that myself as pastor from the pulpit to the very back pew every one of us have days, times and moments and actually they happen more than they don't where you're not feeling it where you're carrying the wound where everything that could go wrong has went wrong when everything that was bad went from bad to worse where there's more questions than you have answers where there's more tears than you have a smile but can I say you've made the first step to victory because in spite of the wound in spite of the hurt here you are in the presence of God and you're in a place where God himself can do a work hallelujah Oh, it's half the battle. I mean, half the battle. I say that often when I greet somebody, say, how you doing? Then sometimes all they can muster, Sister Haley, is I'm here. And a lot of times my response is that's half the battle. Come on. Half the battle. Like I said, because even when it hurts, there are things that are going on, situations that are swirling around. Some of you would say, Brother Jacob, I don't feel like church material this morning. I don't feel very spiritual today. As a matter of fact, if anybody could have been in my car, if anybody could have been around me this week, if you, Pastor, could have heard some of my conversations, I have moped, I have cried, I have been hurt, I have said this and I have done that. But again, let me say, welcome to the house of the hurting. Let me say this morning... Welcome to the place where I believe with all of my heart that 
God himself who sits high on heaven's throne can make himself real in your situation today. Hallelujah. There's much that's been said, celebrated, documented about those who persevere through pain, trauma, discomfort, and tragedy in order to lead, to serve, or to equip those that are around them. We have such noble and honorary awards and prestigious things that are said, ceremonies. We have the combat cross, the medal of honor, the purple, of, the purple heart, gold medals and MVP trophies are handed out to those and awarded to those who have accomplished so much even when it hurts. Some of you have maybe seen a, a ball game where maybe... The, the star athlete he tweaks his ankle he pulls a tendon in his leg and everybody holds their breath when he leaves the court and everybody thinks it's an impending loss and he's gone and he vanishes in the locker room for several minutes and then to everybody's amazement this crowd stands and begins to cheer because that athlete comes out of the tunnel and he's got a brace on the ankle or he's got a band on his knee and he leads his team to victory and after the, after the game is over the cameraman and the microphone is stuck in his face and they said how did you do it how did you overcome it we know we saw the footage we watched the replay you were hurting you were banged up you were bruised and maybe you saw or heard that athlete say something to the effect of even when it hurt this is what I knew I had to do it's the firefighter being recognized when the, fight, the, the building is burning and everybody else runs out but he runs in he or she runs in in order to save a family in order to save a child even when situations aren't ideal even when it looks like there could be pain this is what I'm going to do the soldier who would display such heroics that even Hollywood could not dream up a storyline. Oh, we see where these are all called upon, honored. We hear things such as this are is the things of what legends are made of. However, this morning, your heroics may not be on a basketball court. It may not be to run into a burning building. It may not be to run across a battlefield and save somebody in a dire situation but nonetheless you said in this service and your pain is real and your wounds are real and your tears are real and as a matter of fact it is not celebrated but you have done your due diligence to hide it You've done all that you can to put on your church face. You've done all you can to be sure that nobody really knows how vulnerable, how weak, how fragile you might really be. Because you put on your game face, you showed up, you made your side for today, you baked your dessert and blessed God, hallelujah, I'm here. Come on. 
You sang the songs with us. You gave your offering. You helped us pray. And you want to do all that you can to hide because you don't want folks to think you're weak. You don't want somebody to think you're vulnerable. You do not want to be seen as damaged goods. The worst way to deal with pain is to pretend that it does not hurt or that it does not exist. I will be first to tell you, and I know this seems like common sense, but we need to say it anyway. If you deny the pain, you will delay your healing. Let me say it again for folks in the back. If you deny your pain, you will delay your healing. Healing begins when we confess to God that it hurts. You ever been there? You're not shouting, but I'm preaching. That it hurts. God, it hurts. Jeremiah said, I hurt. Woe is me for my hurt. My wound is grievous. Can I say this morning, can I give you permission? Grieve. Forgive. Be vulnerable in the presence of God. And He'll pour oil into your wounds. And He can make you new. This morning, can I say, is there's a couple of things that I, want to, uh, that I want to point out this morning. First of all, even when you hurt, I want you to know that you are welcomed. Amen. You are welcome. What do you mean by this? You see that there are many who look at your wound as your hurt, as a problem. As a matter of fact, there are some who are a part of your life, they only want want something to do with you when everything's good, when you feel right, when you seem right, when you act right. And if you really want to test friendship, if you really want to know who's praying for you, then let your life get messy. Let your life, let the broken pieces begin to show. Let somebody know that you ain't got it all together. Let the tears flow. Let the words fall from your mouth that don't always seem or sound sanctified and spiritual oh I know I know that we've learned brother Wesley we've learned the Christian lingo we've learned how even in our pain oh yes yes God's good hallelujah oh yes I'm a child of the king oh yes he's faithful I know that we've said those things and I know they're true brother Torbert but here's what happens when we fail to admit the wound and the hurt what happens is we want to be sure that, that those around us, as I said, don't know about all that's going on because we have had bad experiences in the past that when your life got a little too much for somebody to handle, they would run for the hills. But this morning I want to let somebody know that you are not broken beyond repair. I want to let somebody know that your wounds are not so bad that the great physician 
person cannot step in and begin to heal. I want to let somebody know your kids aren't too far gone that the hand of God can't reach and save. I want to let somebody know that the addiction, the pain, the discomfort, the trivial, the trial, the tribulation does not rear its head and intimidate my God. My God is greater. My God is merciful. My God's a healer. And you are welcome to hurt in this place. Oh, don't let the suit, tie, and jacket fool you. Somebody needs to hear that. Well, bless God, I came in. I've got it all together. Ain't nothing wrong with me, Sister Howard. I mean, hallelujah. I woke up and the angels were singing above my bed. I floated and flew to church. You believe that, Karen? Thank you. Uh Uh-uh. No. Come on here. Come on. This is why I say where we got to get real, where you are welcomed. Because listen, a part of the reason why it hurts to come through the door is because that adversary will do all that he can to try to stop you and say your life is too messy. Your pain. Or what about this? Anybody heard this in their mind and in their heart? Well, if you were more spiritual. Well, if you really love God. If you really had faith. Amen. If you really this and if you really that. Well, Sister Laura, here's the truth. We really are human and we really have bad days. But the good news is, is I serve a really big God. And He's rich in mercy and He's powerful above all. Heaven is His throne and earth is His footstool. And I want to declare the good news to somebody. In the years of ministry, I've wept and prayed and cried with many around an altar. And Sister Kayla, I've never seen one where God backed up and said uh uh-uh, uh not that one as a matter of fact when your wounds stink and when your pain is too bad you'll find a God that runs to where you are and says you're welcome I'm here to help you hallelujah hallelujah oh listen listen this morning The Bible gives us examples of those who he welcomed. I want you to listen. Psalms 147, 2 and 3. It says, The Lord doth build up Jerusalem. He gathereth together the outcast of Israel. I like that word, the outcast. Come on here. That's where some of us identify. Oh, what's an outcast mean, Brother Jake? It means you weren't picked first for the team. Come on. Anybody here in this house ever not been picked first for the team? I don't know where Christian's at yet, but he's going to be getting that kickball team together. All I know, I'm going to look at him and say, I better not be the last pick. I don't care if I'm 41. I, I don't care if I can't run as fast as Jeremy can. Come on here. I better not be the last pick. Come on. 
Oh, listen, not the, fir- not the first pick, the, the little one on the, in the group, the one that everybody kind of looks at and says, oh, oh, bless his heart, bless her heart. Well, he's just kind of special. Yeah. Come on. Well, just kind of special. Oh, you know, you know the folks that you and I have looked at at times in the church. And don't look at me cross-eyed. You've looked at them at the church and they come in and they don't talk like you. And they don't look like you. And they don't smell like you. And they don't know all the songs in the hymnal. And they don't know all the Bible verses. They don't know when to stand up, sit down, raise their hand, saying amen. But all they know, Brother Jason, they're wounded. All they know is that they're looking for a place of refuge. I I can't tell you how many times I have seen people come into this house and meet me after church and say I don't know how to explain it I was passing by the church and felt led to come into this building it's not because there's Bozo the Clown in here it's not because we're passing out gas cards it's because the presence of the Lord knows how to draw and he wants to heal And he wants to restore. He said, you want to know who my team is? He says, it's the broken piles. It's the wounded and it's the weak. It's the ones that don't have all the answer. Oh, I know, Brother Willie. I know the devil do a good job. He'll sit beside you and say, you're not qualified. You're not able. You're not, you're not, you, you know, you know that you, 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 you have this problem and this thing and that thing and all this stuff. You're too wounded. There's too much baggage. There's too much this and that. And, and, and if you'll let the devil, he'll sit right beside and tell you all that oh but can I tell you is that God says Willie I want you on my team I want you with me I'll gather up the, those who the world says is an outcast oh what, what is it what is it Debbie you mean you ain't got all the things in life figured out well, I tell you what won't you come and join with me well what do you what do you mean brother Phillips you've got some down days and there's some times that your faith is low and you ain't always got a hallelujah how dare you know God says come on come be with me it says sister Sylvia he gathers he pulls together the outcast the broken hearted I want to let somebody know this morning I don't care what religious do right or stick in the mud told you and I don't care what the devil said I don't care what the church down the street said if you didn't qualify I say come on in I say welcome I say let go God be God. He wants to do a work even when it hurts. Even when it hurts. You see, when we come to recognize that the Lord, He welcomes them in. He welcomes them in. He says to them, truthfully, or I'm sorry, he says, and let me read the rest of the verse. He healeth the broken in heart and bindeth up their wounds. Luke 5, 31 and 32, and Jesus answering said unto them, They that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Somebody this morning needs to hear me. You've waited 
You've been trying to wait. You've been trying to hold out to get some things squared away with God until you have your ducks in a row. And I'm just here to bust your bubble and tell you you ain't ever going to have your ducks in a row. I'm here to tell somebody this morning. I'm here to tell somebody that you are living under some some self-righteous, self-imposed, righteous, religious rule and reign and that you didn't think you could, there's a God that stands and says you can. And it's not because of who you are, it's not because of who I am, but it's simply found in who He is. It's His character. Matthew 12 and 20 speaks of His character. It was first prophesied in the book of Isaiah about the character of Christ. It said, a bruised reed shall He not break. And a smoking flax shall he not quench. What does that mean? You ever been by the pond, by a lake, and you see the reeds growing up there along the banks? Those reeds get brittle. They get hollow. A good wind come along well enough and they can bend over. They can break fairly easy. He said, so when that reed is bent, when it's bruised, when it's been bruised and it's at the point of breaking, said, he ain't going to come and break you off. The smoking flax... It is like the wick of a candle that is almost extinguished. And Brother Pickens, it doesn't say that God comes by and says, well, there's one who's barely getting by and puts him out. No, no, no. He'll go to where you are and he'll straighten that reed back up. He'll bring healing. He'll cultivate the fire of that smoking flax until it begins to burn again because that's the character of Christ. He welcomes the brokenhearted. John the Baptist was sitting in the prison and he had a moment, Brother Torbert, where he wanted to be sure. He sent his disciples and said, I want you to go and double check. I want you to make sure that's the one, that he is the one. He's the Messiah. He's the one that we're looking for. And Jesus told John's disciples, he said you tell them the poor have the gospel preached to them that the broken hearted are bound up and those that are captive have been set free and the disciples went back to John and told him exactly what he said and John was satisfied and said I know for a certainty that is the Christ it is his character he welcomes the wounded and the broken hearted Can I say, I know it was not easy for you to come to God's house. Coming to church is hard. We have our ideals, our opinions, and we we put ourselves at the mercy of other people's ideals and opinions. But I'm going to tell you something around here. Our culture, if you want to use that term, the precedence we're trying to set. Come on in, wounded, weak, and weary. And we want to let the Lord help you. Even... When it hurts. I want to tell somebody this morning. That even when it hurts. You need to worship. Even when it hurts. You need to worship. Now I know it will go against. Every fiber of your being. It is going against the grain. Of all that you know. Come on. Brother T. Hard to worship. Hard to get up. And even come to church. When that boy is on that couch sick. They're supposed to be ministering. Had to leave their meeting early because Benjamin was having such a rough time. That's hard. I ain't going to pretend, Brother Torbert, to know what you're feeling. That's not my child. That's not my baby. Not mine. We'll pray. We're praying. We're believing God. 
But only this man and only that woman know exactly the pain that comes. Don't look at him and say, well, he's a preacher. He's supposed to be here. Mm-mm. He could have chose to set. His boy's got brain cancer. Doubled up on chemotherapy. Hasn't had a very good week at all. But I'll tell you what I believe this man believes. It's important that even when it hurts, I've got to worship. I've got to worship. You hear what I'm saying? I didn't call him this morning and say, I need you to preach a message. Didn't do that to him. Wouldn't do that to him. He's hurting. Didn't we? There, there's, not, there's not anything. God knows what we can handle. And God's not asking him of anything. But one thing that he would ask of him said, Even when it hurts, I want you to find their strength and healing when you begin to worship me. Even when you don't understand. Even when you... Oh, but Brother Jake, here's what you need to know before you tell me, Oh, praise the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, this. So sing a song. Oh, Brother Jake, you got your head in the clouds because you don't know. You don't know how hurt I am over my kids, over my marriage, over my family, over this and over that. You don't know what they did to me. You don't know the devils that I'm fighting. You don't know this and you don't know that. Well, you're right. I don't know and there's some things I cannot identify with. But here's what I do know. In order to overcome those things, you have got to look to one that is greater than it all. I want to tell somebody in this house, even when it hurts, it is important. It is, it is, it is expedient that you would worship God. Even when it hurts, He's still worthy. He's still God. He's still faithful. And He just still deserves he still deserves all the glory, all of the honor, all of the praise. Even when it hurts, I'm going to let somebody know, as counterproductive as it might seem in your mind, on the side of the supernatural... It is the thing that changes the tide. It turns the tide. Listen. 2 Kings 4 and 26, there was a woman who was given a child by God supernaturally. She couldn't conceive. Because of her obedience, God gave her a child. That child, as he grew older, he cried out and said, My head, he was in the field with his father. He said, My head, my head. And the Bible says the servants took him to his mom. And that boy laid on her lap and became life. She laid him in the bed of the man of God. And the Bible said in 2 Kings 4 and 26, mind you, that her baby is dead. He is lifeless. And it says, run now. The man of God said this to a servant. Run now, I pray thee, to meet her and say unto her, Is it well with thee and with thy husband and with thy
thy child. And I want you to know this mama, Sister Laura, knowing that baby boy was lifeless back at the house, she still declared, it is well. Oh, somebody's not hearing me this morning. I want to let you know, in spite of cancer, in spite of divorce, in spite of custody battles, in spite of your pain, it is well because God is alive and well and able. Oh, the problem is we're looking to say it is well when everything's worked out how we thought it would. We are waiting to praise God, Brother Segura, when everything comes together. Come on here. How many people you ever heard say, well, when I get enough money. Ha! Ha 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 ha. Oh. I remember when Sister Carolyn and I was talking about as newlyweds and starting a family. I said, well, I, I don't know. You think we can afford having a baby? Thank God, Brother Pickens, I serve a God that multiplies the fish and the loaves. Come on, somebody. Well, I'll wait till we got enough money. I'll wait until I'm graduated. I'll wait until I'm this. I'll wait until I'm married. And some of the married folks saying, I'll wait till I'm... Uh, I just got to make sure you're still awake. Come on here. Hear me. There's always a thing of, well, I'll wait until. And let me say the church is very guilty. You and I are very guilty. I'll worship, preacher, when everything comes together. And until that happens, I'm going to sit right here on this pew. I'll fold my arms. I'm going to pucker my lip out as far as it'll go. I'm going to look at you with my stinky eye. And I dare you to get me to say amen. I dare you to make me sing along with you. I dare you to get me down to that altar. Well, congratulations, you won. I give up. I'm not going to sit and fight a fight with you because you're mad and upset because it hasn't worked out yet the way God had. You get on Facebook and you're blasting God and you're blasting the church and blasting everybody and you're hateful and you're mean. I'll tell you, and I'm saying it in love, what you need is to get back to the house you need to worship you need to get your mind on God can I ask you does the blame the cursing the accusing the finger pointing the bitterness how is that working for you are you better no are you relieved no So I'm just saying, in the name of Jesus, let it go. Let it heal. And even when it hurts. Sister Kelly, Job lost his family, his wealth, his position, I mean everything. And I've got it up here in my notes, but I'll just tell it to you. You get down about verse number 20. Sister Walker, you know what he did? Bible says he shaved his head 
He put on his morning clothes. Actually, I think the Bible says he sat down naked. He sat down there and he began to say, Sister Sylvia, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. But Brother Roderick, what did he go on to say? But blessed be the name of the Lord. I just want to tell somebody, I know I'm going to hurt somebody's feelings when I say this. But you're not going to heal and you're not going to get over it until you learn to worship. You're just not. You can go to every conference. You can find the biggest church, the better pastor. You can go to this revival, that revival. You could spend hundreds and thousands of dollars for the right pill, the right psychiatrist, the right this and that. But you will not get past it until you worship. Until you worship. The Bible says a woman whose child, her daughter was grievously possessed of the devil... The Bible says her being a Samaritan, she ran to Jesus. Sister Linda, you know what the Bible says she did? She fell down and she worshipped him. And Jesus had the audacity to say, I am not in any position, I'm paraphrasing, to give the bread of the children to the dogs. If Jesus talked to you like that, you would backslide right then and there. You would have quit church. If, you're, if you came up to this altar and said, I got this need, I said, well, God don't want to give that to you. You're not qualified. You would leave this church, and my name would be all over Facebook, and not for positive things. You'd tell somebody, they need to vote that joker out of there. But that's what Jesus said to her, and yet she had the faith. She said, here's what I do know. In other words, Uncle Danny, she said, I'm not going to quit worshiping. She said, because even the dogs get to eat of the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And Brother Roderick, he said, oh, great is thy faith. And he said, right now from this very hour, your daughter is made whole. She got past the wound. She got past the hurt when she fell down and worshiped. Even when it hurts. Sister Carolyn, if you'd come. I want you to know. I want you to know this morning that even when it hurts, you're welcome. Even when it hurts, it's important that you worship. You see, the enemy... Today, this morning, through this week, through your situations, he wants to turn your hurt and disappointment, causing those wounds to fester, to be infected, to be corrupt. He wants to corrupt your view about God and God's love for you. He would rather you blame and for you to accuse and for you to despise. But I want to tell you this morning that even when you hurt, being in His presence, worshiping Him, knowing that He's welcomed you in, knowing that He alone can do what is necessary and needed in your life, I want to tell you, Sister Carmen, it's worth it. It's worth it. 
All of us know what it is to not feel a certain way, but you made yourself do it. And when you got done, Sister Shannon, you could walk away and say, it was worth it. It was worth it. Because what happens is, is when you begin to press in and get involved and insert yourself into the given situation, somehow, somewhere, and it's hard to trace exactly when it happens, but Sister Laura, when you're busy with something else, that pain begins to subside. And then you're in the process of doing what you wanted to do, needed to do, should be doing. And you can walk away and say, I'm so glad I didn't let the hurt stop me. But even when it hurt, I went ahead and did it. And it was worth it. Can I get into some real deep waters here this morning? Somebody here, you need to hear this. It's worth it to go ahead and forgive them. It's worth it to go ahead and forgive them. But, Brother Jacob, uh, 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 uh. you don't know. You're right. For some, you've held on to resentment for so long, you've almost kind of forgot why you was mad in the first place. But all you know is their name, their face, their memory. I'm just not going to like them. I'm not going to forgive them. Do you not realize forgiveness is not freedom for them. Forgiveness is freedom for you. It's worth it. Brother Eddie, even when it hurts to forgive them. Brother Andy, Forgiveness, very rarely does it happen in one spectacular magic moment where you make the choice to forgive and then you never think about it again. As a matter of fact, I don't think I've ever seen it happen that way. God gives us the grace to forgive, but Sister Brenda, what happens after that is there are days, sometimes multiple times in a day, where I, Brother Jeremy, still have to make the choice, I will forgive brother Brandon it doesn't mean that okay I make the decision for, to forgive and then we never deal with that feeling again I'd be lying to you if I told you that's how it worked that's not how it works here's what I know brother Roderick our savior the Bible says he was wounded for our transgressions he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of my peace, your peace, was upon him. By his stripes we are healed. You know what that Lamb of God who never sinned, never hurt anyone did, Brother Eli? They hung him high and stretched him wide. 
And he still declared, you know what he said? Father, forgive them. So Brother Jake's not telling you something to sound spiritual or a figment or a page out of a fairy tale. I'm telling you that Jesus is challenging us to do what he was willing to do himself. That even when it hurt, he forgave. That even when it hurt, the Bible says... In Hebrews chapter 12, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross. He knew, Eli, it was going to hurt. He knew it in Gethsemane. That's why He prayed three times. Lord, if if there's anything that can be done, take this cup from me, but nevertheless not my will. Sister Sanja, what is he saying? Even though it's going to hurt, it's going to be worth it. Worth it. Can I tell somebody this morning it's worth it? It's worth it to know that you're welcomed. It's worth it to let him work. It's worth it to worship. It's worth it. To forgive, and it's worth it to keep showing up and even serving, even when it hurts. Can we bow our heads all over this place? Father, I thank you this morning. I thank you for your word. And Lord, today I stand on the promise that your word will not return void, but it will accomplish the work that it is sent to do. As I stated before, I do not know. I have not known why, but Lord, you knew why. You knew who would be here. You knew every pain. You knew every hurt. And Father, today I'm asking that you would draw our hearts. I pray that you would help us to give ear. I pray there's somebody in this house this morning that would say, I'm willing to let it heal. I'm ready, I'm ready that even though it hurts, I'm ready to put myself into the position of His presence because He welcomes me even in my hurt. He'll work in me even in my hurt. I can worship Him even in my hurt. When I don't have answers, when it's all not laid out, I will still worship And even when it hurts, I know it will be worth it. It'll be worth it. Can I ask you this morning, what do you have to lose to let God put His hands on the situation? Can I ask somebody, aren't you tired? Aren't you wore out? Aren't you frustrated? Why don't you just go ahead and let God have it? Won't you just go ahead and say, Even though it hurts, even though it hurts, I know it'll be worth it. This morning, I want everybody in this house to know around here, ain't nobody looking at you funny for coming to pray. There ain't nobody making fun of you. There ain't nobody judging you to say, well, I I knew they should and I knew they shouldn't and wonder what's going on in them. You ain't going to find that. We're a family here. 
We're a family here. If anything, you'll find people will come around you, pray with you, help you pray. And I'm going to ask this morning, I'm going to ask this morning, for some of you, maybe it's the first, maybe only second time that you've been here. And you're sitting by people who love you, family, and church family, those of you that are here, you need to set the precedence today. There's some that are with you. They want to come pray. But they want you to come with them. They want you to step out with them. And I want to just ask this morning, because here's the truth. There's a bunch of us that are hurting. There's a bunch of us that are wounded. But I believe that there's real liberty this morning. For those who could respond and say, I want him. I want him to do a work in me. I know I'm welcome. I know I, I want him to work. I want to worship. I know it'll be worth it if I will let him. There's some right now, they're responding. Why don't we come, church, right now? Don't hesitate. Don't hesitate. Won't you come? And let's find ourselves a place in these altars. Why don't you come this morning and say, Lord, I'm the only one. I'm the only one that I know that I, I, I've got to put myself into this place. I've, Lord, I've got to let you. Lord, I've got to let you today. Oh, Lord, 